I haven't even started and I'm getting heckled. So, <laughs> <laughs> you think we didn't like you. <laughs> Brother Ron, you alright? Good to see you, man. Amen. You may be seated today. Sure love you guys. Man, I was, I was excited to get back here uh, and to see some of the faces here. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for being here. She, you were here on Easter, and, and uh, you found your way back. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Uh, Wale, man, I love you. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> the, uh, who are y'all representing today? Manchester City. All right. Well, good. Are they, are they, are they, uh, are they going to the Super Bowl? Are they in the World Series? NBA Finals? Oh, soccer. Oh, soccer. Soccer. Yeah. We've, hey, we got enough Europeans and Africans in here. They'll say that's real football. <laughs> Whatever y'all got to tell yourself. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we, we've, been over here, we've been over here on the, on the east side just isolated on our own continent, you know, while the rest of the world develops a whole league and sport and everything else. We're... You know, we're still throwing balls around going, hey, this is fun, you know, you know. <laughs> so we, we got we to gotta get out sometimes, don't we? We got to get out. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're having a good time today and having a good time in the world or in, in the Lord. Don't, don't want to go have a good time in the world, Isaac. Don't want to have a good time in the world. You can have a good time. It's just temporary. And then the wages, you got to pay for it. And the wages is death, the Bible says. Uh, we're talking about the Sabbath of faith. The Sabbath of faith. Uh, we want to jump right in. If you were not here last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the, the uh, message from last week. It was part one. Today is part two. Uh, now, if you weren't here last week, you're not going to be lost. We'll, we'll kind of catch up, but I'm, I'll do a really, really brief review. But there was just so much good word. And I say that not because I was the guy preaching. I say that because we read a lot of word, and the word is good. <laughs> and so, uh, so we're going to pick back up. If you remember last week, we looked through uh, Hebrews chapter 3. Today, we'll be covering Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, like I said, we'll do a really quick review. But I, I want to reiterate this season that God has us in. We are in a season God is teaching us through faith. And someone said, why do you preach about faith all the time? Because faith is the key to everything in the kingdom. If you want to unlock everything God has for you, you've got to trust him beyond anything else. And there's times you're going to have to trust him when your senses, everything you see, hear, feel, taste says completely different you still have to trust the word of God. But when you do that, it unlocks all the benefits of the kingdom of God. It unlocks his covenant with you. And we'll go back and study the covenant soon. But the, the, the covenant is the covenant that he made all the way back with Abraham, that we've been grafted into through our faith in Christ. And that word covenant, it's a, 
It's a very biblical term. It, it basically means a uh, contract, a business contract. If Isaac and I were going to go into business together, we would need to write down the, the stipulations of our business arrangement, right? We would need to get it on paper. That way, I knew what I could expect from him. He knew what he could expect from me. And as long as I lived up to my end of the business arrangement, he gets to live up to his end. If he lives up to his end, I get to benefit and live up to my end. So that's what it is with God. God made this incredible business arrangement that starts with, if you trust me, do I got some cool things for you, <laughs> right? And then if, if you continue to obey the word of God, which we're going to find out here in a second, Boy, it opens up so much. And when you're living under that covenant, that kingdom covenant, boy, life is so much more prosperous. You genuinely prosper in life. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks too, prosperity. Someone asks, I, I get accused sometimes of being a prosperity preacher. And I say, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't mean, you know, the, the word prosperity, unfortunately here in America, everyone, if you say prosperity, everyone instantly thinks money. And money is not prosperity. There's a lot of folks who have money, and they're not prospering one bit. Money is no more prosperity than a pepperoni is pizza. Isaac, at least you're following me. All right. Okay, if I if I if I said, hey, y'all come over to I'm making some homemade pizza, and y'all all show up and I hand you a little here, one pepperoni for you, one pepperoni, and I give you all a pepperoni. Say, what is that? What's well, pizza? It's <laughs> now can pepperoni be a part of pizza? Yes, but it's not pizza. Just like money is a can be a part of prosperity. It is not prosperity. And what God is trying to say is if you follow my covenant, if you follow my word, you will prosper. It is his will for you to prosper. Does that mean, ooh, that means I'm getting a lot of money. If you order a pepperoni pizza, I guess, you know, like in, in other words, it, that's only a portion. It's only a part of it, you know. Uh, it's prosperity. Go, there's... there's so much more to prosperity. And, and so, am I a prosperity preacher? Well, sure, absolutely. <laughs> because God wants you to prosper in everything. He wants you to prosper in your marriage. He wants you to prosper with your kids. He wants you to prosper in health. He wants you to prosper in your mind. He wants you to prosper uh, in, in relationships. He wants you to prosper in goals. And he wants you, does he want you blessed? Absolutely he wants you blessed. Why? Because he wants you to be a blessing. Because the more he blesses you, the more you're going to be a blessing. So anyways, I'm getting several weeks ahead of myself here. So we're, we're going to talk about the Sabbath of faith. Real quick review. Let's talk about this concept of Sabbath or rest. The default mode for every Christian should be peace. That should be our default mode. If you look at a rock, that big old boulder that's right out here, no matter what the temperature is, no matter what the weather is, it doesn't move. It's the same thing. It may get wet, it may feel cold, it may feel hot, but it doesn't change, it doesn't move. That's the default mode for every Christian. 
It should be. If you're walking in faith, no matter what the temperature is in the world around you, what the circumstances are, you are planted on the rock. You may shake a little bit in the wind. You may shiver a little bit in the cold. You may sweat a little bit in the heat, but you are planted on the rock. Peace, righteousness, peace, joy. That's a whole third of the kingdom of God right there. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so yet we have churches full of people who are struggling with depression, people that are struggling with fear and anxiety, people that are struggling with chronic anger, chronic worry, uh, uh, chronic fretting, chronic, you, you name it. And yet why would the world want to come to us when we're in no better shape than them? And yet God's saying, in my kingdom, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. So, Lord, whatever it's like in heaven, I want it here in my earth, in my world. Is, is there depression in heaven? No. Is there fear in heaven? No. Are there hospitals in heaven? No. So I claim health today for myself. Are there divorce courts in heaven? No. Then I claim a solid good marriage. Right? So... God is introducing this concept of rest all the way back in Genesis chapter 2. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he what? He rested from all his work. Are you part of his creation? Yes. That means he has already rested from everything. He's already provided everything you need in life. Say, God, I need you to move on my behalf. He already moved. When? On the sixth day. He's resting on the seventh day now. He's still in the seventh day. The Bible never says anywhere that he's entered into the eighth day, ninth day, tenth day. He is still at rest. God, I need you to move on my behalf. I've already moved on your behalf. You just need to catch up to it. That's all. I got it scheduled for next Friday. It's all good. So just trust me and rest until you see the provision um, manifest, right? Verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day. The seventh day is a blessed place. And he declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, here's the wonderful thing. He's trying to teach it to us. And, and remember, Hebrews 3 last week said that everything to do with Moses, that whole journey from Egypt into the promised land, everything the children of Israel went through was for illustration's sake. It was for a model for us to understand and apply to our life. We all know the story of the children of Israel being led out of Egypt into the promised land and the ups and downs and the trials, all kind of things that Moses went through. Well, we can apply those principles to our life. Well, here's one of the things that he taught. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day or a rest day, a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day. See, he's still saying it's a holy day, dedicate it to the Lord. Anyone who works on the Sabbath day must be put to death. Boy, he was pretty dead serious about that, <laughs> you know? That goes totally against what we teach here in America, right? Work, 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 go, 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 move, move, move. Here God's saying, hey, if you even do any work on the Sabbath day, you need to be killed, <laughs> you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, that'd be great. I'd love for someone to give me that kind of threat. Don't you do a thing today or you can lose your life. Don't worry about that. Got the remote in hand. Right. <laughs> well, what he's doing, he's trying to teach the importance and how, how serious he was taking the Sabbath because it is his will for us 
to Sabbath. It's his will for us to come to a seventh day. Now we're going to learn here that the Sabbath that he has for us is not a day during the week. We need to take a day during the week to rest and recoup. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Sabbath he's talking about is actually a state of being. It's a place that you can exist. It's his kingdom. It's a kingdom of Sabbath, right? Isaiah 28, 12 says this, God has told his people, here is a place of rest. Let the weary rest here. This is a place of quiet rest. So who did God tell this to? His people. Are you, are you the people of God? Come on. He's got a place of rest for you. But they wouldn't listen. No, they don't. Oh, no, God doesn't have any rest for me. I got to keep working. Got to keep toiling. So verse 13, so the Lord will spell out his message for them again, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there, so that they will stumble and fall. They will be injured, trapped, and captured. And that's really what religion has done, right? We always quote that. We, woo, God's going to teach you line upon line, precept upon precept. That's actually where it comes from. This is just a little different translation. Woo, line upon line, precept upon precept. When you look at it in context, it's really not a good thing. He doesn't want his relationship to you with you to be line upon line, principle, principle, rule, rule, regulation, regulation. He wants it to be about fellowship and rest and coming and hanging out with him. What about all this stuff we need to do? He's already done it. He's reclined. He wants you to recline with him, right? So Jesus echoed it. Again, this is all review from last week. Then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Does that describe any of us today? He says, come to me and I will give you rest. I'm going to give you Sabbath. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. The word souls there can be translated suke, which is where we get the word psyche or mind. You will find rest for your minds, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If you are stressed out over something today, you did not get that from Christ. He said, yoke yourself with me. In other words, connect with me and learn about me. I'll teach you as we walk. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you are feeling weighted down, oppressed, it is not coming from the Lord. And you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to carry that burden. He has set you free. You can throw that. Matter of fact, the anointing breaks the yoke and the chains off of you. Let his anointing do it and take up his burden. And so this is how we ended Hebrews 3.19 last week. If you remember, uh, God did this huge comparison about the children of Israel entering into the promised land. And that was their place of rest, right? He said, I've got crops you didn't plant. I've got vineyards you didn't tend to. I've got homes you didn't have to build. It is awesome. You're going to go in. You're not even going to have to fight. Go read all this stuff in Deuteronomy. It's incredible. He said, you're not even going to have to fight if you'll just do what I tell you to do. I'll send my terror ahead of you, and it will confuse the enemy. They'll fight each other and run. All you got to do is just go in and take it. Well, that's grace, unmerited favor said, all you got to do, I've got everything you need. You just have to trust me. And what happened? They sent the spies in. Two of them came back, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, whoo, God gave us this land. Man, I saw grapes so big, a bushel of grapes. Multiple men had to carry it. 
This, this land is flowing with milk and honey. It's just as God said. The rest of them said, man, there's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers compared to them. There's no way we can take this land. And who did the people believe? Those spies. They didn't believe the two other ones. And so God had them wander around for 40 years until all that generation had died out. Except for Joshua and Caleb. Caleb was an old man. And he actually got a whole mountain when he entered into the promised land. He said, I want that mountain. <laughs> God said, go take it. He was an old man. He went and whooped up on everybody on that mountain. He took him a whole mountain. It wasn't a plot of land. He got Caleb Mountain. God had all this stuff in store for him. He had to wait for everyone who was full of unbelief and lack of faith to die out. And we learn in Hebrews 3 that an evil heart is actually one that doesn't believe. An evil heart of unbelief or an evil heart of lack of faith. We, we talked about all the sins that Romans 1 uh, includes uh, last week. But I said, really, the, the greatest sin really stems from this. All sins stems from this, an evil heart of unbelief. If you don't believe, so we got a lot of wonderful Christians who have an evil heart because they, they don't believe. They don't trust God fully. Amen? Uh, so here we go. Hebrews 4. Now we're up to speed. Hebrews 4. Last week we, kept, we learned about unbelief is what keeps us out of the Sabbath, the place of rest. So if you're not encountering rest and, and if you're not encountering peace, it's not because you have sin in your life. The blood of Jesus will take care of your sins. It's not because you're not spiritual enough. It's because you don't believe. You lack faith, okay? So Hebrews 4, kicks. he's still talking about this place. God, God's promise of entering his rest. Everyone say rest. rest. It still stands. To this day, it's still, he has a promise for us. I promise you, I got a seventh day. That's where I'm hanging out. That's where I want you to be. I want you to be in the seventh day. Don't keep hanging out in the sixth day. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of God. He wants you to get out of your man mindset, enter into a place with his mindset of rest, right? So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you may fail to experience it. Whew, how many of us have failed to experience the rest of God? I will, look, I'll throw myself into the mix of that. He said, tremble with fear. You realize we don't have to fear the devil one bit. He's a defeated foe. The Bible talks about the fearing God. His, it's, it's having reverence and awe for him. Not only that, I, my wife said this the other way. I love, I love how she put it. She said, I'm afraid not to have him. I got to have him. I, I can't afford not to trust him. I, I have to trust him. I need rest. <laughs> I need this place of Sabbath. I need this place of peace. And if the only way I can get that is if I trust him, whoo, I got to do it. All right, so uh, he said, so, so man, we ought to fear and tremble that some of you may fail to experience it. Man, I don't want anyone in this house to, to, to fail to experience the rest of God, the Sabbath of God. And it's not just one day. It's a lifestyle. Amen. Number two, for this good news that God has prepared this rest. Well, that's some good news, isn't it? The God's got some rest for you. That's some good news. 
it has been announced to us just as it was announced to them. Who's he talking about? He's still talking about the children of Israel trying to get into the promised land. They had received good news. Hey, I got some rest for you. Go on into this land and take it. You got all this place that you don't have to worry about. Just go on in. I've got it ready for you. It has, been announced to, it, it, it has been announced to us just as it was announced to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Caleb, Caleb and Joshua were the ones who listened to God. The rest of them didn't share that faith. Man, if I can find someone with some good faith and let me share, <laughs> you know, let me hook up with those... I, I don't have time to hook up with folks that are constantly going to be negative, constantly going to be naysayers. Let me find someone who's crazy enough to believe the word of God because, man, it's going to help me bolster my faith so I can enter into that rest. He didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. Believe what? Believe his word. Believe his covenant, his contract. If, if Isaac and I go into business, we write a contract out, the stipulation of, of, of our relationship, and if I don't believe him, what good is it? There's no business going to take place. We're not going to be prosperous. So if he's written the contract, you might as well believe it, is what I'm saying, right? For only we who believe can enter that rest. As for the others, God said, now he's quoting again, from Psalm 95. Last week we talked about he continually quoted from Psalm 95. Here he is. He's still, you think I repeat myself a lot. Look at Paul, man. Paul's repeating himself to get a, a major point across. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. God's had this rest ready for us. Why? Verse 4, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day, which we just, now he's quoting from Genesis, which we just read, right? He says, on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So we have God hanging out in a place of rest, ceased from all his work, because he's already completed it. Everything we ever need, he's already got it. He's already provided. If you need healing today, he's already provided it. If you need peace of mind, he's already provided it. If you need hope, he's already provided it. If you need financial help, he's already provided it. He's already got it done. But we miss it because we, we, we don't enter into his rest. And why do we not enter his rest? Those of you who were here last week, because we don't have faith. We, we're not trusting him. Right? I'll, give you, I'll give you an example from my own life here in a second. So God's rest is there for people to enter. Woo! His rest, his, anyone believe the word of God today? Well, then, then his rest is there for you to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God, meaning they, they didn't believe. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is... Today. So did I miss it yesterday? Well, if you did, guess what? It's coming back around today. Well, what about tomorrow? Well, when tomorrow becomes your today, <laughs> it'll be time to enter his rest. So when can you enter his rest? Today. How do you enter his rest? By faith, by trusting him. 
You don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need me to blow on you. You don't need me to take my jacket off and hit you. I'll do that if, it, if it'll help you, because it'll be fun. <laughs> I'd love to smack some of you with my jacket, trust me. All you have to do is believe right where you're at. We don't have to have an altar call. I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. Do you realize in the Bible? Can I say it, Isaac? Can I say it? Do I dare say it? I can't find an altar call in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying anything against altar call. Y'all know what I mean. Like at the end of the sermon, I've had people fuss me. How come you never call? Well, there's times that God does lead me to, hey, if anyone needs prayer, come on down. But you, it's really just a matter. You hear the word, you believe the word, God responds. You know, there, there doesn't have to be an official. Y'all understand, I love Billy Graham. Man, Billy Graham did so much good for the king. But there doesn't have to be a, would you come? You remember that? It was always at the end of, would you, would you come? I can't even do it. Not like him. It's just three, three flights, two sections, and three stumbles down the stadium floor. Would you come? Uh, it doesn't even take that. You, you can receive everything God has for you sitting right where you're sitting today. So today, God announced this through David, much later in the words already quoted. He's still quoting from Psalm 95. That was his text for this. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Say, well, I don't know if I hear the voice of God. Do you have the word of God? Do you have the Bible? That's his voice. Because anything, when you start developing your your way of hearing the Holy Spirit, he's only going to tell you what God's already said. That's why anytime that I feel like, oh, the Holy Spirit gave me a word, I'll ask him to, to affirm it and confirm it in his word. And usually he'll give me a scripture. And I'll, oh, oh, yes, okay, that is you. <laughs> you know? Because everything goes back to his word. So when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't say, I don't know about that. God, that's too crazy. That's too weird. I, I just have a hard time believing that. that. Well, what happens? You're shutting the door to your rest, to your Sabbath, to your peace. And again, we're saying that, that when, you, when you enter into that rest, it's not that you become lazy. You can still be just as busy as ever. You're just at peace with it. You're not stressed out about it. You know? It becomes fun. How many would love for life to become fun again? It's fun when you're, having, when, when you're hanging out, resting. You may even get wore out. I said it last week. There's a big difference in being exhausted when you go to bed because you've dug ditches all day or you go to bed exhausted because you've been hanging out at Six Flags all day. That's a different kind of tired, right? All right, let's see what... Where are we going here? Did I... There we go. Wait, hang on. Where did verse 7 go? Oh, that is seven. Okay. All right, verse eight. There we are. I'm back on track. Now, if Joshua has succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So had, had the children of Israel had actually entered into the rest that they were supposed to, then, then we'd all be already living in this rest. But they didn't. 
And so David in Psalm 95 talked about another day of rest to come, which we get to live in that rest. He was talking about the rest that we receive when we come to Christ, that we have access to. We don't all take advantage of it, <laughs> but we should. So verse 9 says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Who's the people of God? You guys, that's right. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So, so, so what, what this means, when you enter into the rest of God, do you still accomplish things? Yes, it's just not laborious. It's just not a beatdown. It's just not, you ever feel like you're working, but you're working through mud? You know, you're trying to get something done, and it's like pulling teeth, you know? You enter into the rest of God, well, it's all of a sudden you're relaxed, okay? You're, you may be going through hell. You may be in your own fiery furnace, but you're at peace because he's with you. It can ha happen on big scales. It can happen on small scales. I'll give you, I'll be very transparent. Last night, I stepped out of the umbrella of rest. Man, I've been chewing on this for three weeks. And I, for three weeks, boy, I was walking in rest. And last night, just I, I got in the flesh. I got my eyes off faith and trust. And man, I, for a few minutes, I was not in the rest of God. And my wife can say amen to that, right? Look at her. See? <laughs> And you know what did it? This is how stupid I am sometimes. You know what did it? But all of us are guilty about this. Corn tortillas. Corn tortillas stole my victory, Peter. I gave it away. So we've had a super busy weekend. We, uh, Erica and I ran down to College Station uh, to be part of uh, Riley's uh, uh, State Gymnastics Championship. That was, that was busy. We, we had a good time. Then we rushed back. We get back about 7 o'clock last night. We got to prep for brunch with the butlers today. And if you remember, my wife lovingly requested Tex-Mex. So we're preparing fajitas and all this stuff, getting everything ready. And, and so all the, I wanted to make sure everything was done. So after church today, all I got to do is run home and just start heating everything, like just, you know, cook it. But everything's prepped. And so I was like, oh, my, my uh, beef enchiladas, let me get those built. Right, and so corn tortillas will like you. You've got to get them at the right temperature. So like you heat up either oil or the enchilada sauce. You're going to dip them in so that they become they become pliable. Because y'all know how corn tortillas are, right? They don't work with you. And so, but they're good, man. They're good. And so, like, and you don't want to get them too cold or they're not going to bend for you. You don't want to get them too hot or they're just kind of mushy, right? And so, like, I just it was late last night. And up until now, like Erica's like, hey, we got a we got a lot to go home and prep. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm in his rest, man. It doesn't matter if we're busy, I'm still at peace. But man, those tortillas, I'm wrapping those enchiladas and they're breaking on me, and I'm like, you sorry, enchilada. Just just yo, you're gonna break on me too, are you? I'm fine. And and so I just started getting like irritated, right? And well, they all taste the same, right? It's like so they're not pretty enchiladas. That's right. They still taste like enchiladas. So it's ridiculous. So she happens to like make a quick grocery store run. She comes in and I'm just like, and 
And I'm mad. And now I'm starting to stress. I'm like, man, this stuff isn't going to turn out. I want it. I want to be good for the people when they come over and all this stuff. It's ridiculous. I'm about to, I get an opportunity to bless you guys. And I stepped out for a few minutes of this umbrella of rest, the promised land. I've been for three weeks, been living in the promised land and over corn tortillas, I stepped out on the other side of the Jordan and fussed and fought. And you know what my wife, she's so full of love and compassion for you. You know what she said? She said, you need to go back and listen to your sermon from last week. (laughs) I told her I didn't like the preacher. But she was true, and I did. I stopped. Did I not stop? And I said, I am not living in this rest right now. I did. I said, I did. I said, I'm sorry you had to hear me be grumpy over corn tortillas. So so if y'all don't eat the corn tortillas today, I will, in love. Uh, Now, that's a small scale, right? And we all do it. To some extent, we don't, but, but it's ridiculous that I would submit myself to stress over anything, much less corn tortillas. Now, some of you are going through, all right, you can stop saying amen right now, my love. I love, look, I love you. I get the point. So, <laughs> so, but yet we do it on a grander scale too. You know, God said, I've got you. Everything you need, I'll take care of you. And then the heat turns up in our life, and we just start going nuts. And God's, no, 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 no. Stay with me in the seventh day. Trust me and recline and rest, right? So uh, verse 11, so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. How do you disobey God? By not believing him, not trusting his word. If you trust his word, you'll do his word, right? But if you don't do his word, it's because you're not trusting his word. Why is it important? Because verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. What does that mean? Soul, again, comes from the word suke. It means psyche. It's the mind and the spirit. Man, humans are made up spirit, mind, body, right? You ever been in a place where you're like, God, is that you or is that me? Anyone ever done that? I feel like God's leading me to do something, but I don't know if it's God. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's just because I want that job. Maybe that job isn't for me. You ever been there? Well, how do you tell the difference? You go to his word. Find out, well, what what did you write in your business agreement with me, God? What are some of your promises? Which, by the way, salvation is free, right? Praise God for that. His promises, well, they come with conditions. (laughs) If you do this, it's a business contract. If you trust me and do this, then I will do this, right? So go to the word, and then you can tell the difference between your brain and the Holy Spirit, right? So it's sharp enough to cut between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. So nothing's actually hidden from his word because the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So 
So the word of God, nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from the word of God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. You don't have to worry about, well, what are people going to think of me if I get this wrong? What are people? It doesn't matter what people think about you. All that matters is what God has to say in his covenant, in his contract with you. If you will believe his contract, I'm telling you, you will prosper. You'll enter into his rest. Everyone still there? Y'all resting already, aren't you? Verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Oh, it's so wonderful. I wish I had time to get into how important it is that we actually have a human, a man, a glorified man who is interceding on behalf of. That is huge. That is huge. Jesus was 100% God, and he was 100% man. That's 200%. You can't have 200% unless you're God, right? So he says, let us hold firmly to what we believe because we have Jesus as our high priest. Let us hold, let us hold firmly. That's another way of saying have faith, trust God, trust his word. Why? Because this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do. There is nothing that you face in this life that he was not facing at some point in his lifetime too. It, may, it was obviously completely different circumstances, but he had to deal with the same spirit of it, the same fear of it, the same rationale. He may have never had to make enchiladas and get mad at corn tortillas, but at some point in his life, he got irritated over something ridiculous, and he found a way to persevere through it, Right? That's right. (laughs) For he faced all the same tests as we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Isn't it wonderful that we can come boldly to the throne? That that word boldly means with confidence and, and with courage. It doesn't mean rudely. It just means with courage and confidence. We can come to the throne of grace, the throne of our God. Now, now, what do you do? Before, what, what does a throne represent? A seat of authority. What do you do to authority? You submit. You submit to it. You bow to it. So when we say, ooh, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Glory to God. Well, what does that mean? You can confidently submit to him. Amen? So I don't know if I submit. I got to give up my will. Yep. <laughs> I got to give up some of my desire. Yep. I got to give up my game plan. Yep. But I can do that with confidence because of who's sitting on the throne. My high priest who knows exactly how I feel and can identify with me. He said, we can come to the uh, throne of our, uh, of our gracious God. There will be, there we will receive his mercy. Woo. Praise God. I need some mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we're making enchiladas. <laughs> to help us when we need it most. Grace, unmerited favor, unearned favor. Not anything that we could do to earn it. Man, I need some of that. Well, he's got it for me when I need it most. There at his throne, if I submit, if I submit, what does that mean? It means I have faith. It means I trust him. If I trust him and I have faith, what do I get to tumble into? His rest. 
his rest in the seventh day. God, and the seventh day, God rested from his work. If he's resting, that means he's sitting down. Where is he sitting? On his throne. Where is his throne located? In the seventh day, rest. So you want to go submit to his throne? Start resting. Trust him. Let it all go. Let's all stand. Just let it go. Amen. Some of you need to do that. Whatever you're fighting right now, whatever you're struggling with, just let it go. Let go of it. It'll be one of the best things you've ever done. But what if, let it go. How about when, just let it go. Do you trust him that he's going to take care of it? And let it go. Where do I get to rest? At the foot of his throne. That's what submission is. You get to kneel down, rest. Take a knee. Amen. Father, I pray that you teach us to live in the seventh day with you. Teach us to live in your rest. Teach us. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for prodding us back into that place of rest when we just allow the silly things of life to to get us out of that rest, to start stressing us, to start weighing on us. Holy Spirit, be our coach to bump us back into the rest that we can claim through faith the Sabbath, the state of mind, the state of being, the state of living that we have in you, Lord. We praise you. Teach us as a family, as a flock, to just rest in you and rejoice in you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you need prayer for anything, uh, grab your neighbor. They're full of the Holy Spirit. Ask them to pray with you. Or if you just need the pastor to pray for you, come over there. I'm going to be hanging out. I'll take my coat off. I'll smack you with it. I'm praying. It's powerful. I'm telling you. It is powerful stuff. And then I'll speak the word of God with you. Amen. Let's celebrate one more time, shall we? Amen. As a family. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.